On this edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad, we catch up with Orlando Magic assistant coach Nate Tibbetts, longtime NBA assistant, first year on the sidelines as a member of the Orlando Magic. And of course, Magic Pod Squad brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation, which reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. If you've been drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Instead, find a sober driver or catch a ride service. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. Have a great day and drive safely. Lots to catch up on with Magic assistant coach Nate Tibbetts. We get back to his roots. Nobody knows more about the state of South Dakota than Nate Tibbetts, who played his high school and college basketball there and then coached the Sioux Falls Sky Force. What ultimately was his big break in the NBA? We'll get into that. And eight years on the sidelines in Portland alongside Terry Stotts and coaching Damian Lillard. And the decision to come here to Orlando and get his thoughts on this young Magic team. We break down a few players and he gives his insight on how they can continue to improve throughout the year. All that coming your way. Myself and Jay Jake Chapman catch up with Magic assistant coach Nate Tibbetts. This is Jalen Suggs of the Orlando Magic. This is Jonathan Isaacs. This is Mo Bamba. This is Cole Anthony. This is Fonz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. And this is the Pod Squad. And welcome everyone to another edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli, Jake Chapman here. And we're joined by Magic assistant coach Nate Tibbetts. Kind enough to join us. And, and coach, I got to know right off the top. You've got two daughters, right? You've got two lovely daughters here in Central Florida. What have you guys gotten into, and have you made the trek to Disney, Coach? Uh, well, they're three and a half, so we're, we're holding off on Disney here a little bit. Uh, we're going to have a lot of visitors from South Dakota <laughs> this winter, mm-hmm. and so they are going to get plenty of, plenty, of, uh, plenty of Disney. And so, yeah, the most exciting thing probably uh, for them is they started school on Tuesday for the first time pre pre K. Yeah, they're going uh, two times a week and uh, they're pretty fired up about that. Well, that's nice. That gives mom a little break and a, and a yeah. chance for them to socialize a little bit. Well, listen, no one knows more about South Dakota than you. So we'll get into that coming up later, uh, a little bit later. But just first of all, how's the adjustment been for you and the family learning a new team, a new city? How are you getting acclimated? It's been great. You know, um, we got in our house late, like a lot of the staff, um, you know, just got our stuff from Portland about 10 days, two weeks ago. And so that, that, that's been tough with the season going on, but we're, we're super excited, obviously with the vision of the organization and uh, my history with, with Jamal and just knowing what he's about and what he's going to try to get done here is, is what we're most excited about. Coach, you've made moves like that a couple of times. It's the life of a coach. Yeah. Are there things that we don't anticipate? I mean, you, you said you just got your stuff a couple of weeks ago. What What are the hurdles that people like us don't necessarily think about when you have to make a cross-country move like that every couple of years, it seems like? Yeah, I, I mean, luckily for us, uh, we hadn't had to move in eight years. The bad part is, you know, we, we uh, spent 18 months in Portland during the pandemic and it was on lockdown. So we we got a lot of stuff for our girls on Amazon. Um, <laughs> so we collected a lot of two of everything. Uh, but I, I think all the coaches here would tell you it's, it's unfortunately easier for the, the coaches. It's a lot tougher on our spouses and uh, they take on a lot of it. And uh, you know, I, we, I'd be in a lot of trouble without Lindsay. And I'm, I'm sure the other coaches would tell you that too. I, 
they're they're uh, probably more excited to get settled than than we are. You know, we're running off and playing games, and they're having to deal with getting the cable hooked up and all, <laughs> right. just everything that most people have to deal with. But we don't. You know, we we do it in this profession more than most people, and a lot of it unfortunately falls on our wives and and uh, but they do a great job with it. Well, you mentioned it. You were in Portland for eight years, and I, I tell you what, Portland's a great town, and it's a great food town, craft beer, like whatever you're into out there in Portland. They got a saying that says, "Keep Portland weird," and there yeah. are some. There's some of that too. <laughs> what are your What are your thoughts? How, how do you summarize your experience uh, eight years in Portland? Uh, it It was great, you know. Um, again, I'm from South Dakota, so you know, people in Portland complain about the rain and. Uh, I would much <laughs> rather have rain in a hood than a, a park, you know, like a, just a winter yes. coat and gloves. And so, uh, you know, we won there and had a lot of success, great leadership and, you know, coach Stotts and, and Damien and um, that, that helps wherever you live. Right. Uh, the, the city supported the Blazers. And like you said, it's, you know, if you're into food or breweries or wine, you know, it's got a little bit of everything. Um, you know, I've obviously the last year and a half, Portland is the city has taken a hit. Uh, but just knowing that city, it's going to come back. Uh, you know, the downtown area will will recover here a little bit. But, yeah, it was it was good to our family. We got our our, you know, our, our girls, uh, you know, were, were born there and, you know, it's it was good to us. And uh, a lot to be thankful for. And eight years is a long time in, in our profession in one city. So we're thankful for that. I've got a question about South Dakota, Coach. Will, will you yeah. give me the Chamber of Commerce pitch? Why should somebody visit South Dakota? <laughs> I like it. What, I like it. What, what, what do you go to see in uh, South Dakota? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's still the if it's still great faces, great places uh, because of the, the Mount Rushmore. Very uh, nice. Yeah. You know, South Dakota, I grew up in a small town, actually really close to Sioux City, Iowa, uh, in a little farming community. And, uh, you know, so uh, small classroom sizes and both my parents were teachers. And uh, when I was a junior, we moved to the big city of Sioux Falls, which probably had one hundred and fifty thousand. And that was quite a move for us. But uh, most of my family is there now. Uh, My wife and I have a a lake house or cabin in the middle of the state. So we try to get back as much as we can. Uh, it's, it's kind of, it is home for both of us. And, uh, yeah, just, just good people, a lot of cornfields and (laughs) fields and, but it's, uh, it's a special place for us. Where did the love for basketball come in your upbringing in, in South Dakota? You went on to have a great career university of South Dakota, one of the best players to ever come through there. Uh, you were a heck of a basketball player. What, what, what got you the itch to play basketball and kind of tell us about your playing days? Yeah. Um, I'm a coach's kid. My dad was a high school girls coach and, uh, we didn't do a lot of summer vacations. We did a lot of summer basketball camps. And like I said, growing up in that small town, Jefferson, South Dakota, literally right out our back door was, was the gym. And so, uh, I was the oldest. Uh, my dad was kind of always like my idol role model. Um, my younger brother and him probably butted heads more. I was probably more <laughs> the pleaser. And um, I was always the point guard, the facilitator. And I knew I wanted to coach. I didn't know what, at what level. And um, 
1986, my dad became the, the head coach of the University of South Dakota women's team. And so uh, we stayed in the small town that we were in, and my dad would drive 30, 35 minutes every day uh, to coach the team. But I, I was uh, – it was like he was there from when I was like 9 to 13, and it, he just got to the point where he was tired recruiting and watching other kids play and kind of missing – my stuff and my brothers. So he actually went back and started coaching high school again. And after that, I had kind of fallen in love with the university of South Dakota. Uh, their head coach at the time, Dave boots was there when I was a young kid and, uh, they had always had good point guards there. And it was, there was no division one programs in South Dakota at that time. And, uh, it was just kind of a dream of mine to, to play at South Dakota, you know, and I don't, know a lot of people that probably say that but at that time <laughs> sure. uh i was a huge bulls fan and they were red and black and and then the coyotes were red and black so uh it was kind of like a a dream for me to eventually play there and uh obviously when i was there we we had a lot of success i had some great teammates and won three conference titles and you know it was it was a lot of fun i wouldn't change anything about it the red and black jerseys. Things are so simple when you're younger, right? It's, it's just, oh, <laughs> just yeah, give me the color sure. scheme. Coach, did yeah. you know at, at that age, like nine to 13, that you would end up being a coach? Was it always sort of you figured this is what, how, where you're going to end up, either playing in the NBA or coaching in the NBA? <laughs> well, no, I, I there was not any NBA uh, associated <laughs> with it. Um, yeah, I, I thought I'd be a high school or college coach in, in South Dakota. I didn't know, you know, if it'd be men's or women's and uh, yeah, I was just always, you know, as a point guard, a leader, um, coaches kid, um, you know, I could, I could take the heat from the coaches and understand why it was coming my way. And, um, yeah, it, it, I, I knew I wanted to coach and I didn't know, I mean, obviously I was hoping it was basketball, but it could have been football or track or whatever. Um, I just, it's kind of what I just grew up doing and, uh, you know, I wanted to do it the rest of my life. You know, it's interesting. You get your big break in assistant at the uh, University of Sioux Falls. You know, you played at South Dakota, but but you're coaching at, at Sioux Falls. What, what did that teach you? And it kind of, what did you learn? And what do you appreciate about your time there? Yeah, so um, I was at South Dakota. I redshirted there. And uh, so I was at South Dakota for five years. Our assistant coach, a guy named Shane Murphy, a mentor of mine, uh, was 29 or 30. And he became the head coach of the University of Sioux Falls right after my senior year. And so uh, I went and, and coached with him for four years, and it was a great experience. Uh, the tough part was a lot of the guys that I was coaching, I either played with in high school or played against them or gotcha. you know they had transferred from South Dakota and were playing at Sioux Falls. So the player-coach relationship, like I had to try to kind of figure that out yeah. uh, early on in my career just because those guys were my my guys, you know. And uh, that was probably the, the, the toughest thing, but also a, a blessing for me to kind of learn how to develop that line and establish, you know, who I was as a coach compared to a, as a player. You know, did you think the journey would take you out of South Dakota? Would you have been fine staying there in the state? Did you have aspirations to – what what were the goals for, for you yeah, when you first um, – so, so I was not making any money at – it's a Division three school, and it was 
the best thing that happened was I met my wife there. Uh, she was <laughs> there a grad assistant and, uh, yeah. And so, uh, you know, that, that was a plus, but on the side, like I started to do basketball workouts. I had always grown up in the gym and believed in player development, but, uh, I kind of started doing basketball workouts for kids just to make money because <laughs> I wasn't yeah, making sure. coaching at, at the college and, uh, started getting more and more, um, kids. And, um, I was going to do a basketball Academy, try to build a gym. I was thinking I was a businessman and, the more I got into it and trying to get silent investors and I just had a lot of sleepless nights. And so I had actually, uh, resigned or, you know, was going to do the basketball Academy. And, um, luckily like two or three different buildings we tried to buy. It didn't, it didn't fall through it. You know, it didn't come through. So, uh, that like November, the Sioux Falls Sky Force happened to be practicing in my dad's high school gym. And the head coach was Dave Yeager and Dave's brother wow. and I against each other at Mankato. And my dad was like, Hey Dave, if you're ever looking for somebody to help, like, uh, you know, Nate would, Nate's looking for something, you know, I, I don't know if he's this basketball Academy thing's going to take off or not. And that was kind of, that was like the big break getting involved with right. the Sky Force, uh, and that first year they were in the CBA. So when you hear, you know, basketball historians talk about the CBA, I get to claim that I'm an old CBA guy. I only got yeah. it for one year. <laughs> uh, but then everything kind of started moving forward for me. Uh, um, it was the next year when we, we they joined the D-League. And that was uh, just kind of got things going and me kind of seeing big picture that it, you know, the NBA may be an opportunity. So I've got a lot to be thankful for the, the guys in, in Sioux Falls, Mike Heineman, the ownership there, they still own the team, Sioux Falls people. And they gave me a, wow. a great opportunity and uh, yeah, pretty wild. Isn't that funny though? Cause I think about that in the context of my career coach, a plan that you had that did not come to fruition basically was the be one of the best things that ever happened to you. Oh, no question. Yeah. I look at my wife, I'm like, man, we, I'd be trying to clean the bathroom or like plow the, the, the parking lot. If we own that gym, that probably would have failed for sure. By that, so, <laughs> I'm, I'm so lucky. So, yeah. I'm, somebody up above was looking out for me on that one. It, I'm, I'm blessed that that didn't happen. And you had one of our former magic players, Brandon Hunter was on your Sioux Falls team. Yes. And I, I know, I know he played pretty well for you. You, the last two years in Sioux Falls, you become the head coach. So, so now you're the yeah. guy. You're the guy calling the shots. Was it what you thought it would be? What was what was that adjustment to now being the, the head coach? Yeah, it was it was uh it's crazy because now I'm seeing some of the guys that I coach become head coaches in the D League and assistants. Um, you know, I was 29 or 30 when I was named head coach there. And uh was I ready? No. Uh, but sometimes the best way to learn is is just being thrown into the fire. And um I'm super thankful they gave me that opportunity. Uh, I think even at that time, I thought that I'd be the head coach of the Sky Force for like the next 10 years, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I coached my first year and about halfway through my dad passed away. And uh, it was it was a great learning year, a lot of adversity for me personally. And then sure. after that year, uh, I was offered a job in Tulsa and uh, I didn't know if this was still something for me or not. 
And uh, I turned them down. And that was that was tough. But I knew the people in Sioux Falls would stay with me. And uh, coach, my second year in Sioux Falls, have another good year. And then uh, it just kind of started to hit me like, hey, <laughs> this is great, but I don't want to be fired in my own hometown. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the only great. thing that will happen next right and so right. uh luckily oklahoma city and tulsa came back after me after me turning them down the next year and had a great conversation with scott brooks who had just taken over you know mid-season the year before and i looked at Lindsay and i said i, I think we got to do this and and that kind of it got me around a lot of nba people uh, on a day-to-day basis, which I had never really done. Uh, I got to just coach the team where in Sioux Falls, you know, I was dealing with the draft and the agents and I knew that I didn't want to be in the front office. I wanted to be a coach. And so that was, that was a really good move for me. It was their second year in Oklahoma city. So they had a bunch of young talent and, you know, Kevin was there and Russell and they had just drafted James Harden and Serge. So, it was a really good time to make the move and um, just, yeah, thankful for that opportunity. I think my favorite thing about Tulsa is he had a wink and a Tweety on his team, right? I thought a wink Adams and a Tweety Carter. That, not everybody yeah. can say that, coach. That, that's good. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, two, my two point guards at different times. That's hey. awesome. Hey, last thing about the the G League, because we're starting yeah. here in Lakeland, right? We're going to start tomorrow yeah. night. Um, and I, I there's, what can you say about the people that work together on a G League staff? There seems to be a bond on a G yeah. League team that I can't really describe, and I'm looking forward to be more part of it this year. But how do you explain yeah. that connection? The thing about the D League, G League, I, I still call it the D League, I sure, apologize, sure. is sure. Um, it's just – it's it to me it's basketball at the purest form um it's you know it's now the staffs have gotten a little bit bigger but you've got 10 to 12 guys there that are 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 trying to see what the next path is and most of them aren't really excited to be there um but they're there because they know it's a stepping stone either for the next move overseas or a call up or this is just my last stop before jumping into the real world. And, um, you know, the issues with money aren't the same as there in the NBA. It's, it's like, you know, it's real life money issues. You know, those guys don't get paid a lot. Um, you know, there's issues that they can't get back to because of financially. Uh, but it's a lot of fun because, you know, it's, it's not the media attention. It's not, I mean, you're doing it for the love of it and those guys are grinding it and uh, you, you just really pull for those guys. And it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful of my six years in the minors uh, because as a coach, you deal with a lot of stuff, guys getting called up, guys leaving overseas. I mean, just day to day, you don't know who's going to be in practice. You might have the best practice plan ever. And all of a sudden seven guys roll out for practice. And now you've, you've got an adjust and um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's challenging, but it it also prepares you for this. I mean, you, you have to do all kinds of things. You got to rebound the basketball. You got to help with the laundry. You got to help with getting guys to the airport. It's, it's, um, 
it's not it's not built it's not for everyone i could sure. see where people that are in the nba and then go to the d league or g league uh they they struggle with it because it, it's it's different but the guys that go through the g league and eventually make it to the nba they've got a lot of appreciation for the you know that what they went through to get where they are well said I was just going to ask one more thing about the G League coach. How much has it changed since since you were there? I mean, it's it's a pretty it's almost completely different now, and there's just so many more resources. Yeah, I mean, when I was in Sioux Falls, we were owned by the the Sioux Falls Sky Force and the Heineman family, right? Uh, we didn't have the backing of an NBA team, and um, you know, like I said, uh, it was <laughs> myself and I or my, myself and my assistant that would, did, would do the draft. And, um, you know, now I, I look at the staffs that Lakeland has or the Oklahoma City Blue, and, you know, they've got a strength coach and an equipment guy and a trainer and, you know, an assistant and two video guys. And, I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty impressive. You know, they're giving the players resources to be successful and um, – yeah, it's it's changed quite a bit. Uh, I think the money has gone up a little bit, not enough, if if you ask me, uh, for the players. Um, but yeah, I mean the the you know I, I I think I saw three or four Lakeland guys here at our game yeah. last night, which is which is cool. Like you, the hardest thing and the best thing about the D League and G League is is you think you're really close to the NBA, and then the next day you wake up and it's like you're a million miles away. Right. I mean, right. Right. Interesting. Where um, you feel like you're close, but you're really not that close. And so um, just trying to balance that in your mind and, and your approach, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting deal. <clears throat> I, I could see waking up many mornings in Erie and thinking I'm yeah. not very close. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, sure. I'm not for, very close. For bus hey, rides to Bismarck, North Dakota, from yes. Falls, thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> what, yeah. what have I gotten myself into? Before yeah. we get to your magic stop uh, yep. and, and touch on some of the guys that you have and, and get fans excited about this team, your big break in the NBA, right? Byron Scott, you're, you're on a staff yep. with Byron Scott in Cleveland. Just kind of tell us how you were able to make that connection and, and get on an NBA sideline. Yeah, uh, so it was, it was really weird. So I finished my second year in Tulsa. Uh, I was lucky enough because of the lockout to coach the Pan Am team. No right. NBA players were involved. And so Dale Osborne and I, Dale uh, was my assistant in Tulsa. Uh, we got to coach the Pan Am team in Guadalajara. And so after the, the Pan Am games, uh, the lockout is still on but the D league season G league season is, is going to go on. And so coach five games for Tulsa, it's third season and uh, the lockout ends and uh, get a call from the Cavs and say, Hey, we want to fly in for uh, an interview. Well, you know, I got to have to get permission from the thunder. And uh, luckily, uh, thankfully they, they gave me that opportunity and, you know, I didn't, I didn't uh, know Byron at that time. Uh, he had taken over a year previously and built a staff, and there was one guy that left, and so the position was for whoever, you know, was going to step in and replace Chris Gent. And um, I flew in, and 
Uh, I don't, I still, to this day, I don't know if it was Chris Grant of the front office, you know, he was the GM at the time or Wes Wilcox, David Griffin, who gave him my name. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be here sitting here in Orlando if I wouldn't have got that job in Cleveland. And, uh, it was a fun time because the year before was a tough season. Coach Mose probably can talk about it. You know, the year before LeBron had left and, I missed the 26 uh, losses in a row, thankfully. Right, right. Uh, but when I came in, they had just drafted Kyrie and, and Tristan. So it was – we were starting the rebuild, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Byron put a great staff together. He treated people the right way. There was a lot of camaraderie between the staff, and I think Jamal – obviously, Jamal was there. And uh, we built a connection, um, you know – uh, a, a good working relationship. I always think we had a, 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 a good relationship, but I never knew, you know, like, Hey, someday if I get hired, I'm gonna hire you type deal. Yeah. But um, without those two years and seeing him work and seeing me work uh, eight, nine years later, we, we kind of come back together. So uh, it was, it was good. Uh, Byron, Byron did a good job. I'd never worked for a, a former player and he had been a head coach two different times and, he had great presence in the locker room and players respect him. We got to coach Anthony Parker. Yeah, uh, that's right. So yeah, there was, it was, it was a great time and have some l- lifelong friends from that staff. <clears throat> coach, I'm a Cleveland native. I don't know if you can see the, the Browns flag up there. But, uh, how did you like Cleveland? Was I, I would think Cleveland is, it's probably the closest to South Dakota that you got <laughs> compared to Portland and Orlando. Yeah. I mean, at least the weather yeah. was somewhat similar. I always say this, Lindsay and I are from South Dakota, so we're not going to complain about cities. And uh, I love, <laughs> we, we, we love Cleveland and we live downtown and um, that was pre kids and it's a great food city. And it's even now I'll watch the Cavs or, you know, the Browns and it's it, it, like people love their sports there. And it, I, I respect that. I really do. And I think it's just an excuse to get out of the house, but you 100%. know, and, and maybe drink cold beer, but I, I love that about them. You know, I grew up, I grew up, you got us pegged coach. You got us pegged. I grew up in, I grew up in Boston. If I ever sat on a sideline with a Celtic, I, did any part of you say, Oh my God, this is Byron Scott. Like of those yeah. famous Laker teams, right? Did, did, are you ever a fan at any yeah, point? So, when you're, when you're um, yeah, I was, I was, I like my Magic Johnson. Um, my dad was a, a Celtics fan because of Larry Bird, but I was, I was like Michael Jordan guy, but it's weird. Cause I, I wore number four, like my whole career growing up. And that's what number Byron wore. And I, like, I don't know why I thought number four was cool or like the number to wear. If it was, it could have been him or, or Larry Johnson. Those are like the two guys that, like ring a bell that wore number four, but it was, it was, it was surreal working, you know, he, you know, growing up watching him play, it was, it was cool to work for him. Take us through this magic team coach. I know there's so much excitement with the youth uh, opening night. I know you saw that the youngest team in NBA history going back to 1970. So with all that youth comes some challenges, but it's also a, a great opportunity, right? Well, what, how do you assess kind of what lies ahead for you this year? Yeah, I, I think for me and the organizationally, and Jamal has done a great job of implementing is like, hey, let's let's put our hard hat on and go to work, man. Let's let's try to get better every day and see what this thing becomes. Uh, the great thing for the new staff is 
we haven't had to go through, you know, the last two years or three years right. or, you know, um, or five, whatever, however, you know, magic fans have, have, you know, been going through like trying to make these steps, but I think, yeah, we yeah. have, I, I have, I have, it's been yeah. 10. It's been, yeah. 10. <laughs> so, we're, so we're ready. So we're ready. Yeah, no. And I, I get that. Um, but I think Jeff and John have, have, have yeah. like come up with a plan. Um, I always tell Jamal, like, you know, you've interviewed for a lot of different jobs, but this is the job. When you look big picture, this is the one you want. We got a chance to build this thing the right way. And, uh, you know, there's going to be nights where we're really excited about where we're headed and there's going to be quarters or runs where last night, you know, it's like, man, we got, we got to get better. And, uh, as a coach right now for us, you know, the pressure isn't wins and losses. It's about trying to build habits and a culture. And, uh, you know, eventually that's going to come our way and we understand that, but right now it's about trying to get these guys better and enjoying being around each other and being in this gym, because I think if they do get in the gym, they are going to get better because we've drafted talented players and, and good, good guys. And so there's a lot to be excited about. And that's why I'm here. How difficult is that coach? You mentioned sort of the long-term, the long-term view. It, it's right now. It isn't necessarily about wins and losses. It's about, it's yep. about development, but I would yep. think as a coach, you want, you want the wins right now, right? I mean, it, it's yep. gotta be difficult to keep sort of the long-term view in mind. Um, when, when sometimes there are probably decisions that might not help you win tonight's game, but it's going to help you in the long term. Yeah. I, I think that's just the balance that, you know, we gotta, we gotta try to figure out. And I think Jamal's done a great job. I mean, a lot of us have come from winning situations, right? Uh, Jamal and in, in Dallas, they right. last, the last couple of years, they're trying to make a step us from Portland, Jesse and Sacramento, like they're, um, you know, Brett, from I mean, even the guys that have been here with the magic, right? The last couple yeah. of years, playoffs, right. playoffs, playoffs. And uh you just have to change your approach. And it's hard. It's hard. And and we all have to, you know, look at big picture and talk to one another and communicate and keep selling the message of of why we're here. And you know, this is our journey. And uh yeah, it is tough at times, but we we gotta understand the what what we're doing i think we've got a good approach a couple of guys i'd love to get your thoughts on them but uh franz wagner we obviously we knew a little bit about him from michigan and yep. with what he's done to start this year I, I he's a guy that we knew did a little bit of everything well but the way he scored and the way he shot the three ball i mean what what can you tell us maybe behind closed doors that that you see with franz that that gets you excited yeah i mean he's got the approach of a younger brother that maybe always had the you know, bright lights on him and he just put his head down and went to work. I mean, he's got a competitive spirit that you can't teach. Uh, he, he knows how to make winning plays. He does the dirty work. Uh, I, I think all of us should be super excited about him. And uh, the thing that is probably progressed quicker than all of us ex expected was his just confidence in his shooting. And so, I'm really happy for him. And obviously for us, I mean, he's, he's going to be a really good player for a long time because he continues to work to get better. Watching he and Jalen develop at the same time is going to be really interesting. They're obviously completely different players, but they're similar in yeah. some ways. They both think the game. You can tell 
um, for, for somebody that, that young, um, yeah. they're, they're very advanced, but it's almost like you see Jalen and he defensively, he can just wreck sets and game plans. I mean, he's just a million miles an hour. And then I think maybe offensively, we're sort of waiting for things to slow down. Maybe he does go a little too fast at times. Whereas with Franz, it's like that guy plays at his own speed, no matter what. It's just, right. what's it like watching the two of them develop and, and how, how similar are they? And then how different are they as well? Well, I think they're both similar defensively. They both, the great thing is they both love to guard. They're both competitive. They're both tough. Um, you know, Franz has obviously uh, had results quicker off the jump, which, which is great. You know, Jalen, you know, last year I think was the first year that he had played point guard full-time at Gonzaga. Right. And now he's playing with the ball, he's playing off the ball. And, um, you see it like some, most of the time guards kind of struggle early. And as, as the season goes on, they'll progress. And, um, you know, everyone's got their own journey. Right. And sometimes it becomes easy for some, and then there's a struggle and then they bounce back. Some struggle early and make the step. So, um, yeah, I, I think they are different at the offensive end. The ball's in Jalen's hands more coming off, trying to decide, am I going to shoot? Am I going to pass? And, you know, he'll get there. He's he's uh, a young guy that, that works and, and wants to get better and is super talented. So we're, we're really excited about both. And with point guards, Coach, I mean, it, it takes years at times. I think about guys like Lowry or, or Conley. I mean, sometimes it's year five and six when it all sort of clicks together, right? Yeah, I was sitting with uh, a guy from the Thunder the other day, and I was like, I said, remind me about Russell's, you know, move up. And, you know, he came off the bench his first 17 games as a rookie. I think he was backing up maybe Earl Watson. I can't remember who, but, you know, it it, it does. It, it takes some time, especially guys that, you know, were twos and then ones and then ones and twos. And, you know, the great thing about him is he's just a basketball player. Yeah. And I think as competitive as he is, he's going to figure out the size and the length. And um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just part of the process that we're going through. No question. Is it hard on some guys? Who's, he lost one game at Gonzaga. He yeah. won three state high school championships, right? I mean, the, the guy is not, the guy's used to, the guy's used to a lot of success. Can, can that adjustment be sometimes hard on guys at this level? Oh, for sure. Yeah. But you don't want the sting to, you know, just go away. Right. Uh, I remember talking to him at, in summer league, he was super down after one of the losses and, you know, it's like, Hey man, unfortunately we may lose more than we win this year. Right, you know, right. like, there's, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen, but it, it may, sure. and, uh, how you deal with that and respond. And obviously you can be disappointed and pissed off that night, but the next day we got to, mm-hmm. you know, get back up and go to work. So, uh, yeah, there's challenges with that. I, you know, I'm reading some of Wendell's quotes after last night, same thing, you know, you, it's a progression that you got to figure out as a group. And I think we'll get there. You mentioned Wendell. How, how about Mo Bamba? It's somebody we have a little history with now in his fourth season. Everybody's excited. He's getting the opportunity. We, we you know, you kind of want to see it all come together for him. What are you, what are you telling Mo and what, what do you want him to continue to develop yeah um so my messaging to mo probably is just compete 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 we got to outwork people obviously his talent level is there 
he's getting an opportunity. Uh, and now it's now that good people, you know, people are finally saying good things about you. Right. A lot of those people are people that were tearing you down earlier. So, uh, we talk a lot about don't eat the cheese. Um, <laughs> don't fall for it. Yes. Bar- I introduced him to Bill Parcells. Uh, but you know, like make a step in your approach. What can you do differently? How can, how can you change who you are? That type of stuff. And so, I, you know, I think Jamal has instilled some confidence in him, obviously opportunity. Um, he's doing a great job protecting the rim and just learning to be a little bit more physical. And I think he's making those steps. Had he heard of, uh, of Bill Parcells? <laughs> well, <laughs> we kind of check ourselves sometimes. Yeah, These kids are so young. I realize he's from New York, but I, yeah. Parcells hasn't been coaching in 20 years, it feels like. I know. I know. I was like, all right. How about Sean Payton? Have you heard of Sean Payton? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's good. It's it's fun talking about history with those guys. And yeah, I don't know for sure if he had heard of Bill Parcells. <laughs> he He's like, no. I think I've heard of that name. But well, just yeah. so you know, I eat all the cheese. That's me yeah. all the time. <laughs> just, just just so we just so we clear that up. Cole Anthony. I don't know if anybody could have predicted the start to the season. That Cole had, we, you know, he's a, he's got a different kind of confidence level coach. You know, that he yeah. describes himself as someone with, uh, uh, ultra, uh, with, uh, superior confidence <laughs> yeah. what he's, and he's, but he's playing like it. He's shooting the ball. Well, he seems to be making better decisions. What, what do you like about Cole right now? I, I like how coachable he's been so far. You know, he's, he's really trying to do what we ask. Obviously there are times where, um, you know, again, same thing with Jalen. They're being put in situations to try to make a play for themselves, but also for others. And, uh, you know, obviously Cole is shooting it at a high clip, and, you know, we need that. And uh, his confidence, our guys feed off of. You know, the thing for us as a new staff, it's hard for us to compare, you know, what Mo had gone through sure. or, or, right. or uh, even – uh, Chuma or Cole or RJ, because we don't have anything to compare it to where the previous staff did. So it's good for us and myself included, like, hey, what what is Mo doing better or worse than he did a year ago? And same thing with Cole. Like, is Cole sharing it more? Is, you know, is, is his defense being better? And it from the sounds of it is we're making some positive steps. So uh, Cole's trying to do what we ask and I uh, hope he keeps it up. All right, last thing, last thing, and then we'll get you out of here on this. I'm always interested in this. Does Lindsay pay attention to the games? Does she watch the games? Is she a fan? My, my wife will watch me do the pregame show. I don't think she's seen me do a postgame show yet. Does she <laughs> Does she get yeah. into the games for you, Coach? She does. She's a, she's a basketball. Uh, she's a good basketball uh, wife of a coach. Um, now, with the move and the girls being older. The, right starting to fade a little bit uh i need to get her back locked in but um yeah she's she's got a good uh terminology of the game and uh yeah she she enjoys it which is which is great did she play was she an athlete she she was uh she played high school basketball she played uh soccer and and softball in college so she thinks she can shoot a little bit but it's, it's uh it's a little shaky 
<laughs> you might have her in that department, but she'll take yeah. you in softball and soccer for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right, coach, this has been great. I know magic fans are going to love getting to hear your story and, and continue to root for you guys. And, and we're excited to see what happens the rest of the way here, coach. Good luck. Thanks for supporting us guys. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks so much. Nate Tibbetts, All assistant right. coach for the Orlando magic. That'll do it for this edition of magic pod squad. We'll see you next time.